chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5. I'm not going to not going to keep you long this morning. Uh, in fact, I really feel like the Lord has sort of changed my direction just a little bit. I was going to uh, I was going to preach this entire message this morning. I think I'm I've, I think this morning early this morning the Lord changed my mind. I'm going to preach this message in two parts. And so I think I'll divide it up and I'll preach part of this message this morning and part of it tonight. Uh, I think I've got a little bit too much to give you this morning. So, so basically this morning, I'm just going to give you the introduction. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right off that this is going to be, boy, this week, man, we had a great time preaching. And, um, uh, but Wednesday night in the service, I told the pastor, I said, preacher, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, God's changing my direction. I'm not going to preach tonight what I thought I was going to preach. I said, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to end up teaching a little bit tonight, and I'll do some preaching too. I have a hard time not doing some, but I... I said, I'm going to teach tonight. He said, brother, you mind the Lord. And you know, it was that night when God just really moved in uh, on us. This morning is going to be more teachy than preachy today. And so you're going to have to want to get something. If you get something this morning, you're going to have to want to get something. I'm, I'm sure there's an element of entertainment to preaching. And, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln said, I, when a man preaches, I like to see a man act like he's fighting bees. I love that. That's, I love it. I love to see a guy just get with it. Um, but there are times when we need to slow the bus down just a little bit and and just give you something. Hebrews is a doctrinal book. Um, and so uh, now there's a lot to shout about in Hebrews because he is better. I promise you that. And that's really what the whole book is about. Uh, he's better. He's better. But, um, but I want to give you a serious message today. And this is a message that God laid on my heart early in the week. In fact, Monday, God laid this message on my heart, and he began to develop, to develop it in my spirit. And, uh, and as you can see on the screen, I want to talk to you about this subject, time to eat again. And so uh, I've got uh, verses 9 through 14, but we're going to do more than that this morning. So I want you to stand if you're able, if you're able to stand, out of respect for the reading of the Word of God. This is only 14-verse chapter, and so we're going to read the whole chapter today just to get the good context. We've got plenty of time. We're going to break this message up into two. And so I'll not preach long this morning. I'll not preach long tonight. But Hebrews chapter 5, and I want you to look at verse number 1. I want you to really follow what the writer says here. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof he ought as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he'd offered up prayers and supplications, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation, unto all them that obey him, called of God and high priest, and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, I want you to notice the next few verses, especially because that's where we're going to camp out in just a little while. The writer of Hebrews says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, 
seeing ye are dull of hearing. Now, I'm not preaching on that verse today, but I want to talk to you about that in just a moment. Dull of hearing. Seeing ye are dull of hearing. Uh, and I, and I, I was trying to think of a way to illustrate this. What does it mean, preacher, to be dull of hearing? It doesn't mean you can't hear. It just means that you're, it, it means lazy is what it means. It means lazy in hearing, slothful in hearing. Um, the whole idea here is that you've not developed enough where you're hearing what you're supposed to hear. And so, man, we love little Moses to death. Uh, our, that's our, our grandson. We love little Moses to death. He's cute as a, he's cute as a bumpkin. He's a good kid. He hardly ever cries, ever. Uh, Tim and Hannah got their good one first, I'm telling you. Uh, I hope the next one is not a problem. And, uh, but he hardly, he hardly ever cries unless he's hungry or he's got a, a bad diaper or something like that. But Moses, I'll say to Moses, she'll be holding him, and I want Moses to look at Papa. And I'll say, Moses, Moses. Now, he can hear me, and I think he's beginning to recognize that's Papa's voice, but he don't know how to look. He, you know, and finally, he'll make eye contact. Of course, when he makes eye contact, he always smiles, without a doubt. Um, and do uh, you get sick of hearing those, those Papa stories, do you? And, uh, but now, wait a minute now. I, what I'm saying is this. He's not really developed enough if I were to say, Ricky, Ricky. You know why? Because he's grown enough that he recognizes that, I could say, Brandon, and immediately, Brother Brandon, will, I can say, Moses, and he's, you know what? He'll look around a little bit. He hears it, but he's dull of hearing. And so I want you to hear what the Lord has for you today, all right? Now look at verse number 12. He said, for when for, when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. There again, there's, it's talking about that, that undeveloped, that baby stage. He said, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and and evil. Now, he gives us a challenge in chapter 6. And the writer says, therefore, because of these things that I've just told you, because you're dull of hearing, because you're not, you're, you've not grown where you need to be, you're not developing where you need to be. He said in chapter 6, verse 1, therefore. And whenever you see that word therefore in your Bible, you always go back to see what it's there for. And he says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, he said, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the, the doctrine of baptisms, and, uh, baptisms and, and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead, of eternal judgment. In other words, in other words, Paul, uh, well, it's probably Paul. I'm not positive, but it's probably Paul that wrote this book. But the writer is saying this, you know what? It's time for us to go on to bigger things. It's time for us to grow. It's time, it's time for us to get out of... This is what he's saying. It's time for us to get out of first grade. It's time for us to promote. It's time for us to, to go to the next stage, go to the next class, go to the next level. That's what he's talking about. Now, I want to talk to you about that subject a little bit today. Time to eat. 
again. If I had a secondary title, I'd call it this, spiritual binge eating. And so you may be seated this morning. And we're going to pray and ask God to help us in the Bible study this morning. And so let's do that right now. Father, we love you. And Lord, the best I know how right now, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this service. I pray that you help all of our young people to sit real still and, and Lord, to really pay attention. And uh, Lord, I, I pray that if there's one here today that doesn't know Christ as Savior, I pray today will be the day that they'll come to know the Lord as their personal Savior. Thank you so much for the young lady that was saved last Sunday morning. That was wonderful. And Lord, it could be there's another young person that needs to follow her example and be saved today. And so I pray that you'll save the lost. And then, Lord, I pray that you'll work in the hearts of Christians today. And God, I pray that you'll help us to get tired of living in the first grade. God, it's time to graduate Uh, We're not supposed to stay in school all of our life. God, we're supposed to go on to bigger and better things. And God, we're eventually supposed to leave elementary school and go to middle school. And then we're we're to leave middle school and go to high school. But Lord, we're not supposed to stay in high school all of our life. Lord, we're supposed to graduate from high school and get a diploma. And then maybe go to college or get a job, start a family. And so Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll bless our discussion this morning. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a little different type message, and so, Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll help me in, in conveying it, and, and I pray that it'll be understandable. I pray folks won't be confused. I pray it'll be understandable, and I pray that Jesus Christ will receive glory and praise and honor from all that's done. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. I love how this chapter starts out. I love how every chapter starts out, but I love how this chapter starts out. And early in the chapter here, in Hebrews chapter 5, the writer is dealing with the issue of spiritual leadership, and specifically the office of a high priest. Now, I want you to look back there with me again, if you will. Hebrews chapter 5, just pretend we're a class for a little bit. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1, he said, For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. Now, let me stop real quick. I'm not preaching on this, but let me stop real quick because probably there's somebody here this morning who says, Preacher, high priest, that don't have anything to do with me. Sure it does. Uh, in New Testament times, when you get saved according to the Word of God, you become a priest of God. You become a high priest. And now we have a, 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 a high priest that's over us, and his name is Jesus Christ. But we become involved in that priestly work, and so uh, this does apply to you and I. So for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men and things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof he ought as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God as was there. Now is that important? You better know what it is. Because what the Bible is saying there is this, that the spiritual leader is the same as those he leads. That's what it's talking about there. In other words, the spiritual leader, your pastor, uh, uh, an evangelist, uh, a deacon in the church, uh, an assistant pastor in the church, what the Bible is saying is this, that they are made out of the same exact stuff that you're made out of. That's what it's saying. Now, that's That's great for us to learn that two different reasons. Number one, that you don't ever exalt man to a pedestal. Uh, Listen, if you ever get your eyes on a man instead of Jesus, you're in trouble. 
And so, uh, boy, I know some great pastors. I was with one this week, great friend. I love Pastor Hall. He's a wonderful man. But I told their church this week, I said, as great as Brother Hall is, if you ever get your eyes on Brother Hall, you're, you're going to lose your focus. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. And so never exalt a man to, uh, to a place where you work. Don't, don't put a man on a throne. The only one that deserves to be on a throne is Jesus Christ. And so it's good, for us, it's good for us to learn it, but at the same time, there's another reason it's good for us to learn that because your pastor and preachers and deacons and Sunday school teachers and people that are in places of spiritual leadership from time to time are going to make mistakes. <laughs> and so don't get all messed up and, 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 and get all clouded up and rain all over the parade and, and get all mad and indifferent and leave the church and, and uh, you say, well, you know, preacher made a mistake. That's not a newsflash. Y'all with me? And somebody says from time to time, somebody may say, boy, you know what? Preacher wasn't on his best game today or, or today preacher said something that, you know what? Well, that, that, that was a little bit off today. Well, let me tell you what you do. You pray for your preacher because your preacher, your spiritual leader, whoever that spiritual leader may be, is made out of the same exact stuff that you're made out of. We are all flesh. Uh, and uh, But it does say this, and this is important. Uh, although the leader is not necessarily special, the office of spiritual leadership is a special calling. Now, uh, uh, now again, look, look what it says here. The Bible says in verse four, and no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God as was Aaron. So the man is not special, but the office is very special. And so you ought to teach your kids to respect your pastor, not because your pastor is special, because this person is special, but the office is special. That's right. You ought to teach your kids to respect our deacons. Uh, uh, listen, you ought to teach your kids to respect Brandon Bridges. Well, he's just, you know, he's just a bro. No, he's not bro to you. He's brother Brandon to you. We say, preacher, not special about brother Brandon, so special about his office. Now this, I'm preaching Bible this morning. And so you ought to teach, you ought, you ought to teach your youngins, teach your kids that, that although there's nothing special about the man, there is something very special about the office. Now, I don't want to get off uh, get off course here this morning, but that's why I have a hard time uh, I have a hard time criticizing the president, whoever the president is, whether it's uh, President Obama or Donald Trump. Or now, you may not like the man. I got that. You may not like the man, but we need to uh, we need to respect the office. And you listen. And you may not you may not respect every police officer that's out there in a black and white somewhere. But I will tell you this: you, according to the Word of God, you are to respect the office of the police officer. That's right. That's right. And you may not like everything that's going on in our nation, but I believe this, brother, that when old glory begins to begins to wave and the national anthem begins to play, I believe you ought to stand and salute. Amen. That's right. That's right. Now, again, what's the Bible teaching here? That there's nothing special about the man, but there is something special about the office. Now, follow me, follow me, follow me. But in context, in Hebrews chapter five, in context, the writer is, is, is talking about somebody pouring into somebody else spiritually. That's what he's talking about. It could be a pastor that pours truth into you. 
It could be an assistant pastor that pours truth into you. It could be a Sunday school teacher that stands in front of you every Sunday morning and pours truth into you. It could be a deacon that invests into your life and pours truth into you. It could be uh, it could be an evangelist. It could be a revival speaker. It could be a, n- a number of people. It could be a parent. A parent that that pours into their kids and uh, and tries to make an investment uh, into their kids. But that's the context here. Uh, investing into somebody spiritually. That's what it's talking about. Teaching and training and leading spiritually. Now watch closely because this is the message. But when we get to that, the writer of the book of Hebrews makes a very strong point to the readers of Hebrews. And this is what he says. And we'll read it in just a moment. But this is what he's saying. At this point in your Christian life, you've received enough truth that you now ought to be teaching others truth. Spiritually speaking, he's saying this. You ought to be pouring into others. You ought to be feeding others. But instead, you're saying, is it time to eat again? Preacher, are you, are, are you going to ring the dinner bell today? Hey, Brother Brandon, uh, are you, uh, is it time to eat again? Are you going to ring the dinner bell again today? Now, look what it says. Look, look at verse number nine. He says, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Now watch now, called of God and high priest after the Lord of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Now look at verse 12. He said, for when for, when for the time ye ought to be teachers. In other words, man, you ought to have grown to this point where you ought to be teaching others. You ought to be teachers. He said, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. In other words, baby food. That's what he's talking about there. He said, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use had their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. What's he saying, preacher? This is what he's saying. When you ought to be serving, instead you're waiting for somebody to serve you. That's what he's saying. When you ought to be serving others and filling other people's plates up, you're waiting on somebody to fill your plate up. Man, when you, listen, when you have eaten and eaten and eaten and eaten and the writer is saying this to man, you ought to be to that point in your life where now, man, you put the apron on and you start teaching and you start training and you start leading and you start serving and, and, and you start blessing. But instead, instead, you're waiting for somebody to read that. You're waiting for somebody to ring that dinner bell. You're waiting to eat again. Now, I want you to turn several places in our Bibles this morning. I'm gonna show you what I'm talking about. Would you first of all take your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27, and look at verse number 38. And I'm just, again, this is just for the sake of of scriptural visual illustration here. But look, if you will, at Acts chapter 27 and verse number 38. Now, this is the story of Paul. And Paul uh, is, uh, uh, Paul's in this horrendous, he's, it is horrendous storm, and Eurachlan, uh, the Bible says, a terrible, terrible storm. And, uh, and notice in verse number 38, Acts 27 and verse number 38. In fact, in fact, why don't we read that first part of that verse up to the comma there, all right? So Acts 27, and I'm in verse number 38, and let's read that first phrase together. Ready? 
And when they had eaten enough, the Bible says, and when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. Now, what's the Bible, what's the Bible implying there? That there was a time, they're in this horrendous storm, the boat's being tossed, I mean, all over the place. But Paul says, fellas, y'all need to eat something. You had not eaten anything in a long time. And the Bible says that they ate and they ate enough. And then you read the story, they took the rest and dumped it overboard to keep the, the ship floating, to keep the ship uh, from sinking. Now, the point this morning is this, that there came a time when they ate enough. They ate enough. Uh, I turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 14, look at verse number 20. Matthew chapter 14. Now you said, preacher, I'm not following you. I think you'll follow me in just a moment, all right? Matthew chapter 14, verse number 20 now, this is the story of when Jesus feeds the 5,000. Y'all remember that story where he multiplies the bread and the fish and he feeds the 5,000. But I want you to look with me, if you will, at verse number 20. Matthew 14, 20. In fact, why don't you read this first phrase all the way up to the colon with me. Ready? Verse number 20. Here we go. And they did all eat and were, and they were filled. And they did all eat and were filled. Then it says, and they took up the fragments that remained, 12 baskets full. In other words, in other words, they ate all that they needed to eat. Are you listening? It's time for some, a few of you who are cutting up right now to get out of kindergarten and graduate into the first grade, young people. Young people. It's preaching time, brother. Now, wait a minute now. They had eaten enough, and when they ate enough, they began to do something else. Take your Bibles, if you will, turn to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, and look at verse number 7, if you will. Mark chapter 8. Again, just so I can try to make a point in your minds this morning. Mark chapter 8, and look at verse number 7. This is the feeding of the 4,000. Now, this is a totally different miracle here. And so, uh, Jesus is, is feeding the 4,000. Uh, and Mark chapter 8, verse number 7, the Bible says, and they had a, a few small fishes, and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. And look at verse number 8. The Bible says, so they did eat, and I want you to read the next three words with me. Ready? And were filled. They were filled. Then the Bible says, and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets. Now, this is the feeding of the 4,000. Again, my point this morning is this. You know what? They finally got to the point where they had eaten enough. And when you get to that point where you've eaten enough, you need to do something else. So listen to this. Uh, the latest figures from the Center, uh, Center Disease Control demonstrate that obesity continues to be a significant public health problem. The Healthy People 2010 National Health Objectives include, one, to reduce the proportion of adults who are obese, that's overweight. They, their goal is to reduce that to 15% in America. However, the article said the proportion of adults aged 20 and over who were obese rose 47.8%. According to USA Today, uh, this article went like this. The percentage of American adults who are 100 or more pounds over a healthy weight has skyrocketed since 2000. 
A study released Monday shows in 2010 about 6.6% of adults in this country were severely obese. About 15.5 million people up from 3.9 in 2000, says the study from the RANCORP, a nonprofit research uh, group. Now, uh, you say, preacher, what in the world? Hang on, I'm going somewhere. Did you know most obese people, most people, I'm not picking on anybody, anybody today. By the way, everybody here this morning knows how hard it is. Man, it's tough to keep the weight off, at least for guys like me and Brother Ricky. Amen, that's right. We have to constantly work at it. Amen, Brother Brandon, that's right. We have to constantly work at it. Uh, very easy to gain. Boy, it's hard to lose. Most people that are severely obese do not have a problem eating. They have a problem stopping. They love to eat, by the way, and I do too. Sometimes I, I, in fact, most of the time, I always want more. I want one more. I want one more honey bun. Oh, yes. I wanted one this morning real bad. <laughs> and uh, and I, I almost had a, 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 a moment of a rebellious spirit. I, I'm just going to get me a honey bun today. But I didn't do it. <laughs> but I wanted one. And uh, now, wait a minute. Now, most obese people don't have a problem. Either. They, they just don't know when to stop. Now, watch now. And obese people, uh, you know what? They continue to eat, continue to eat, continue to eat. And because they continue to eat, you know what? Their health becomes worse and worse and worse. And if you get, if you, if you get overweight enough, all of a sudden you begin, not all of a sudden, but, but eventually you begin to have a mobility problem. And so now, you know what? Now you used to be able to go out to Walmart and walk around, but you can't do that anymore. You know why? Eating too much. I mean, something as simple as just eating too much. And so now, when you go out to the mall, what's well, hard to walk? Your legs don't want to carry all that weight. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just trying to make an application here. And so, uh, these folks that get severely overweight, and I don't watch these programs, but anyway, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm my, my 600-pound life and all this kind of stuff. And uh, most of those people end up, most of those people end up homebound. They can't even get out. And eventually, you know what has to happen? And eventually, somebody has to actually come into their home. They finally get to the place where they cannot feed themselves, but they still want to eat. And so eventually, a loved one or a family member has to come in and has to feed them. Now, wait a minute now. Here's my, here's my whole message, and here's the point. The entire problem was this. They want more food when they don't need more food. What they need is exercise. They do not need another bun. They need to burn the bun. That's what they, that's what they, that's what they need to do. Now, I want to say that again. The problem was they don't need more food. They need to exercise. They need to burn up what's, what's been taken in. In fact, in fact, it's interesting here that the writer makes mention of those who have spiritually matured, and he mentions the fact that they have exercised. Did y'all see that? Look back at, at our scripture again. Hebrews chapter five. I know you've turned away from there. So go back there again, if you will. Hebrews chapter five, because I want you to see this. Hebrews chapter five and verse number 13. Lord, help us today. I don't want to confuse anybody. Hebrews chapter five. And I want you to look at verse number 13 this morning. And notice what the Bible says. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he's a babe. In other words, there are some Christians in the church who've been there for a long time, but they're not growing. I mean, they're just staying in, the, in kindergarten. They're, listen, I know some who are still in the nursery department. 
Don't take anything to offend them. All you got to do is just look, just look crooked at them halfway. I mean, just, just say, you don't have to say Bible, just say boo, and they get all mad about it. And uh, I mean, you know, they get mad because somebody's sitting in their place or they get mad, you know, because a uh, preacher preached something they didn't want to hear. They get mad because maybe the church didn't use their idea or whatever the case might be. Now, wait a minute, this is what I'm saying. You know who those folks are? Those, are? those are Christians. Those are saved people who are still living in the nursery department. They're unskillful in the word. They're, they're, they still need that pablum. They need that, that baby food. They need that, they need that milk. He said in verse 14, verse, verse 14, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use, here it is, church, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Exercise. Now we know that our Old Testament was translated from Hebrew and our New Testament was translated from Koine Greek. And if you study that word exercised out there, interesting word, the word exercised there means this. It's the Greek word gymnazo. Gymnazo. We get a word from that. Gymnasium. It, it's the idea. It's the idea of practice. It's the idea of working out. It, it really means to practice unclothed. That's what it means. I mean, look it up. It means take off the sword, take off the boots. I mean, take off the helmet and just get in the gymnasium and work out and practice and exercise. In other words, you're using up the energy that you've taken in. Now, listen, church. That's the way God created us to be. God created us to take in and God created us to give out. If all we ever do is take in knowledge and truth and never give it out and we're never involved in serving, guess what? We are gonna become a spiritually obese Christian. Unhealthy. <laughs> I don't think I'm doing very good this morning, but God, 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 God rung my bell, all right? So, so we're okay. Can I tell you why a lot of Christians sort of hobble in the house of God? You know why? Spiritually obese. It's not that they haven't eaten. It's that they've eaten and 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 they walk in here on Sunday morning with that, that spiritual cane, overweight. I mean, can't even hardly make it to their row. And when they get in there, like, preacher, feed us again. Preacher, give me a bun again. Preacher, when's the honeymoon's coming out? Uh, preacher, when are you going to feed us the pie? Preacher, feed us. Preacher, feed us. Preacher, feed us. And the truth of the matter is, you don't need more food. What you need at this time is, you need to start exercising. You need to start, to start taking what you've received, the truth that you've been given, the knowledge you've been given and brother, it's time to get into the gymnasium. Amen. <laughs> oh yes. That's exactly what I'm talking about. We have, listen, we have that problem in our churches today. People who do not know when to stop. Spiritually speaking, they are binge eaters. Now we know people like that who are unbelievably overweight and we feel for them. We're not making fun of them. We feel for them. But then, and they can't even get out, but they'll call the family members and say, hey, honey, would you run by McDonald's? Well, I, I guess. Yeah, would you get me a Big Mac and two cheeseburgers and large fry and, and I'm gonna get me a vanilla shake while you're over there. A couple apple pies. Now, wait a minute. The problem is not they need to eat. The problem is they need to turn away. They, 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 need to, they need to exercise. We've got the same problem in our churches. 
People binging on knowledge, binging on preaching. I love preaching. Don't get me wrong. I love preaching. I love Bible teaching, but they're binging on preaching and binging on teaching, and their attitude is, feed me, feed me, feed me. Some of you teenagers here, I love you to death. I mean, I love you to death this morning, but you walk in class every Sunday morning, and you say to Brother Brandon, you may not say it verbally, but you say to Brother Brandon, what we're having today. Feed me, Brother Brandon. Feed me, Brother Brandon. Feed me, Brother Brandon. And Brother Brandon says, hey, kids, let's get out here and exercise. I don't want to do that. And we get here on Sunday morning, and the preacher preaches and then tries his best to give you some truth and give you some knowledge. And we're, man, we're just, we're inhaling it. We're just, I mean, we're just engulfing it. And, and that's good. That's wonderful. But this is all I'm saying, brother. If all you ever do is eat, 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 and take in and take in and take in and take in and take in, and you never give out, you are going to be a spiritually unhealthy Christian. Now, let me show you what I'm talking about. Take your Bible, turn over to Acts chapter 17 this morning. Acts chapter 17. I want to show you, I want to show you some, uh, an example of what I'm talking about. Some people who were binging on knowledge. Not more knowledge, we need it. But, but notice what the Bible says here, Acts chapter 17 and verse number, verse number 19. Acts 17, verse 19. The Bible says, and they took him, I'm talking about the apostle Paul, and they took him and brought him unto Areopagus saying, May we know what this new doctrine where thou speakest is. He said, for thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. And they said, we would know, therefore, what these things mean. Now look at verse 21. The Bible says, for all the Athenians and strangers which were there, watch now, spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new Thing. And you know what, folks? A lot of folk walk into the house of God on Sunday morning waiting to hear what, what new thing is preacher going to give us? What new thing is preacher going to feed us? What new thing is my teacher going to feed us? When, brother, the truth of the matter is, I want you here to eat, but it's really not food what you need. What you need to do is start taking what you've received and, brother, get out here in the highways and hedges and start exercising. Start exercising. Start burning it up. Start putting it to use. And if you don't, you're going to be a very unhealthy Christian. That's right. Amen. That's right. In fact, in fact, church, did you know I submit to you this morning that it is impossible for a Christian to be godly if you don't exercise. Now, I'm not talking about physical exercise, although the Bible says bodily exercise profits a little. And so I believe you ought to exercise physically, but I'm talking about spiritually. Did you know it's, did you know it's basically impossible for you to be godly if you don't exercise? Now, you say, you say well, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, take your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah, Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah chapter 9. Did you know that we have a God that even set the example in exercising? Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse number 24. The Bible says, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Watch now that I am the Lord which, what's the word? Exercise. That I'm the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. 
for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. In other words, God said, I set the example in exercising. The apostle Paul mentioned exercising in Acts chapter 24 and verse 16. He said, and herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. When the apostle Paul was speaking to the young pastor Timothy, who was gonna be pastoring there in Ephesus, listen to what he said in 1 Timothy chapter four and verse seven, but refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. I'm done. I'm done, church, but please hear me out. Did you know this morning that, that most of you, not, not, not all, but most of you this morning, it's not more knowledge that you need. If the truth were to be known, most of the membership, I'm not talking to visitors this morning, but most of the membership at Calvary Baptist Church, the truth of the matter is it is time for you to push away from the table. You know why? We got fat. We don't have any problem eating, but we have a bad problem exercising. And you say, preacher, what in the world are you talking about? I'm glad you asked. You see, most of you have received enough knowledge by now that it's time you get in the gymnasium. I'm talking about getting involved in the, the ministry of music. Some of you need to sing in a choir. You got a voice. God's given you a voice for a reason. But yet Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, you're not in the choir. Feed me. Feed me. And God says, you don't need more food. You need exercise. And so we come in and we say, Lord, I want some more. And by the way, I want you to want knowledge. Don't get me wrong. I want you to want knowledge. But we come in and we say, God, give me some more. Let the preacher feed me. Let the preacher feed me. And that's wonderful. But time to time, every now and then, I think God says, come over here. Come here. What do you want, God? Come here, come here, come here. What do you want? Uh, I want you to step up on the scale. Oh. You know what? It's never fun to step up on the scale, is it? I had to, you know, ours got low on batteries the other day, so I had to go out and take one of those little watch-type batteries and I had to go out and get a new battery. But I had to go and get it because that thing keeps me accountable. You eat enough sweet potato pie, you won't want to get on the scale, I'm telling you. I'm just getting on your level. That's, that's, isn't that true? Isn't that true? And, and the Lord says, come on, get on the scale. I don't want to. Come on, get on the scale. I don't want to. I'm doing good. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. And God says, get on the scale. I'm doing good. God says, get on the scale. I'm just telling you, Lord, I have not gained any weight. You see here? And all of a sudden, the thing goes, tilt. I mean, springs are popping out. I mean, you know, and we're like, wow. I, you know, I didn't know. And, and uh, listen, I'm just saying this. You know what? We've received and received and received, and it's time to get in the gymnasium. Some of you need to sing in the choir. Some of you need to sing specials. Some of you need to start coming to choir practice. If you're going to sing in the choir, you ought to come to practice. You know, uh, choir practice at 510. Don't show up at, at, don't show up at, at 540. Amen. I mean, we might as well just tell like it is this morning. 
I mean, many of you have, have eaten out. It's time to get involved in the outreach. I'm talking about maybe a bus route or you say, well, preacher, I, I, I can't ride a bus route. Okay, how about the nursing home? Well, you say, well, preacher, for some reason I can't go to the nursing home. Okay, how about visitation on Wednesday night? Well, you say, preacher, I can't do visitation on Wednesday night. Okay, how about visitation on Saturday? Uh, uh, you, listen, it's time. Listen, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. It's time to quit binge eating and bless God, put it to use. That's what I'm trying to say this morning. I'm talking about, listen, helping out in the youth ministry. Brother Brandon shouldn't be the only one scraping up his face in the dirt, amen. We need some others that will bleed for the cause of the youth program. I'm talking about the ministry of giving. I'm talking about helping out in a Sunday school class. There's some of you here this morning, I love you to death, but there's some of you here this morning who are teacher worthy. And truth of the matter is, you've, you've ate enough that you ought to be teaching somebody. But rather than teach, is it time for the dinner bell to ring again? I'm talking about helping out in a Sunday school class. I'm talking about helping out in junior church. I'm talking about working around the church grounds. I pulled in here last night about 8, 39 o'clock. As soon as I pulled in, I was like, oh, yeah. Somebody's been here. Somebody's been working. We had a work day preacher? No, but somebody did. You know why? Because you can't just eat, 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 eat. You got to exercise. I'm talking about serving as a serving as an usher, helping people get seated. I'm talking about helping clean the, clean the, the church buildings or maybe the, the Sunday school buildings. And by the way, uh, 10 million other things that we could put in this list. And so we're done. And I'll finish the message tonight. And I hope you don't miss it tonight. But this is all I'm saying. Church, if all we ever do is eat and eat and eat and never exercise, it's not a healthy equation. Is that right? Now, what is preaching? What is preaching? Preaching is, is, the, is the pastor just putting it out before you. Pre- preaching, preaching, Brother David, preaching is, 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 is somebody reminding you of something you don't want to remind yourself of. That's what preaching is. So, old illustration. Several years ago, my wife and I, we bought a Gold's Gym bike. We put that thing in our living room. It's not a great, uh, um, it's not a great decoration in our living room. I'm gonna be honest with you, but we have a little corner, you know. We can stick it back in there, and and that way we can be together. And and uh, if we've overdone calories that day, we can hop on the bike. We can still watch television. We can still be together. And we ride that bike, and then we got fancy and we thought well you know what we're gonna make this little workout room we had a little extra room in our house and so we had a treadmill in there so we pulled that bike in there and put it in there and man I installed a little television I mean, it was neat it was nice problem is we never went in there and so I said we're pulling that bike back in here where we got to trip over it I mean you know and so we we took that bike we pulled it right back into the living room you know what where every day I walk in there I'm reminded you better get on the bike you better exercise. And while I was preacher preaching a message like this, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm pulling, I'm pulling the bike out and saying, church, we can't just eat all the time. Now, I'm glad you're here. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad you're here this morning. But if you're here this morning and you're not doing diddly squat for God, 
You know what? Something ought to change today. It's time to get on the treadmill. It's time to get on the bike. It's time to get busy. You say, well, preacher, I don't know what I can do. Come to me and see me. We'll give you something to do. Can you cut on a vacuum cleaner? So I don't want to do that. Come on now. I don't want to get on that bike either, but, I, but it's needful for me too. Exercise. Father, we love you. I know this has been real different today. God, I pray that you'll take this truth that we learned from Hebrews chapter 5. And God, just help us to realize that we can't, as Christians, we can't just eat, 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 eat all the time. God, we have got to start burning up what we're taking in. we got to use it. We've got to be involved in ministry. We've got to be involved in service. God, it's important that we, we become active in our Christian life. So, Lord of the harvest, I pray you'll send forth labors into the harvest. I pray you'll give us some people who, Lord, today, who will say, I still want to eat, but I want to start exercising spiritually. I'm going to get my Bible. I'm going to get in my prayer closet. I'm going to get on a bus route. I'm going to help out in a, in a, in a junior church, or I'm going to help out in the choir, or I'm going to help out as an usher, or I'm going to help clean the church, or whatever, whatever it might be. But, God, today, I pray that you'll give us some exercisers today. Help us, I pray, Father. We thank you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed.